warm welcome from our studio here at the BV Innovation Lab in Barcelona. This is episode seven of season three of our European Marketing Podcast. Alba, it's good to have you back. How was your vacation? Woof, as we always joke here in Spain, ya olvidadas, already forgotten. And boy, are things busy now in September. They certainly are. We can see that people really recharged their batteries and came back with ambitious plans. A lot of innovative ideas. That's actually the focus of this segment, right, Paul? Oh, and by the way, did you realize this is episode 33 of our podcast? Love that number. It should bring us good energy. And correct, we'll be focusing today on European innovation, yet with a special accent. Kerry, could you tell everyone more? I'd be happy to. And Alba, it's so good to see you. As you know, we often showcase brands and products here in Europe that succeed in jumping past the borders of the old continent. And so many of them are household names. IKEA, Lego, Adidas, Sephora, Nestle, Red Bull, Spotify, and BMW. Thanks for the help, guys. As you can see, many of those brands are true love marks for millions of consumers. However, today we'll be looking more closely at what many thought leaders see as a growing crisis of innovation here in Europe. And what can be done about it, right, Kerry? So, without further ado, let's dive right in. The following content is brought to you by Derby Hotels Collection, European Luxury Hotels. Enjoy a special 10% discount in London, Barcelona and Madrid with the code BVAlexa at DerbyHotels.com. As we entered the studio just now, Carrie, you commented that the team has sourced some important studies about the state of innovation in Europe. Indeed they have, and they're quite eye-opening. It should be said that a focus here is on business innovation in the 21st century. It's well and good to be an established brand adored by millions worldwide. Nevertheless, the information age, defined by unprecedented speed and competition, has become a primary challenge for each and every company. So, Kerry, is that the main reason why European companies see the need to innovate? You might be surprised, but that's not the case. I've asked Leslie, who's our numbers gal, to present us with some of the main insights. My pleasure. We looked at two studies we found especially relevant. One from McKinsey in 2018 and another from 2019, published by Deloitte. In both cases, they focus exclusively on European innovation. And that's where you observed a sense of alarm, right? Exactly, boss. Let me start with a global stat, emphasized by McKinsey, followed by the motives for innovating cited by companies in Europe. Looking back as recently as the 1990s, Western Europe made up 32% of companies in the top 1% of economic profit, globally. By 2016, that slice of the pie had shrunk by half, where only 16% of these leading firms came from Europe. Ouch. Hence, the growing feeling of crisis. And it's palpable. The share of European executives who consider their companies to be true innovators is notably lower than in the United States. Getting back to Alba's question, what is it finally that motivates companies in Europe to innovate, according to Deloitte? Well, we should remember that these are pre-COVID figures from 2018. Nevertheless, the explosion of new technologies definitely gets everyone's attention. 
a full 92% of the companies mentioned that as their number one trigger to innovate. You know, my friends, I always look for a silver lining. So given the same interest in new technologies as elsewhere, where is Europe investing? And by the same token, uh, in what areas is European innovation strong? Leslie and I commented on that. Because the silver lining you're looking for just might be found in emerging technologies. That's exactly right. As a matter of fact, in 2019 Deloitte found that the top three areas where Europe is already investing are in data analytics, cloud computing, and the Internet of Things. By the way, I've put these charts up on our blog as usual at blog.bevirtual.com. I'd like to jump in for a moment, if I may. I was wondering when you would. We've been expecting you, George. The Deloitte chart is quite revealing for me in many areas, notably where robotics, automation and AI are concerned. We'll present a few cases of European innovation in just a bit, related to those technologies. Yeah, George is right. Where Europe is the leader in innovation, hands down, is most definitely in the car industry. That's why I mentioned BMW earlier. The Germans are doing very cool stuff in terms of voice, artificial intelligence, green energy, and IoT. I totally agree with our tech team. Last month, Voicebot.ai reported that the use in Germany of voice assistants in automobiles is second only to the US, with 39% of the population of 69 million adults using them. The UK market comes third. What we're seeing here is that European consumers literally drive innovation. That's why I think it's time to talk about some concrete cases, and my example comes from the United Kingdom, in fact. Go for it, dude. Excuse me, did I hear you just call him, dude? Cambridge-based chipmaker ARM should definitely make the list of leaders here. They provide hardware and scalable open architecture for 21st century automobiles, where features range from driver-assisted safety measures to self-driving vehicles. Our cars today are all loaded with electronics, and ARM technology helps to manage that complexity, even including IoT sensors, by the way. Well, George, as you know, I always try to be very transparent, so I have to admit you lost me a bit in that first case. Could you please leave a link to ARM's website on our blog so that we can all take a closer look? No problem. And I'd like to add that they should look for the program notes for this episode, Season 3, Episode 7. They're in the podcast section of our blog. Speaking of the blog, we also mentioned a second case of innovation coming from Prague. There, Alexa herself just awarded the Czech Technical University the top prize in the fourth Grand Challenge to continually perfect conversational abilities between users and herself. I recommend our listeners watch the video we've put up on our blog about that competition. It's fascinating. I agree, Leslie. As you might remember, I worked in Central Europe in the 90s as the former East Bloc opened up. And it was amazing to see how much pent-up innovation came flooding out once the Iron Curtain fell. Shall we take a look now at our final case of European innovation? Who's up? It seems I have the honor of showcasing the third company, Paul, this time hailing from Stockholm, Sweden. I'm talking about Artificial Solutions, maker of Tineo Software. 
It's used for building custom chatbots, virtual assistants, and conversation interfaces. Since the topic is extensive, we've included an interview with their CEO, Peralto Sun, in this episode's program notes. They're totally cutting edge. We put video on the blog that makes it easy to understand what they do because conversational interfaces sounds too complicated. Basically, they focus on voice and on the fact that people prefer to hear an automated call center, software, or machine speak back to them as a human. Antonio does that in over 80 languages. I'm beginning to worry that our regular listeners might start calling me nervous Nelly. Or worse, Lucy Luddite. But geez, the idea of customer service without real human beings just reminds me of dystopian sci-fi series, like Black Mirror. Perhaps that intriguing episode, be right back. That's where a young widow connects with her deceased husband, using AI, smartphones, and more. George, stop it. You're making me nervous. You're not the only one. Both the European Union and the UN are drawing up legislation to protect us from AI, bots, and voice interactions that might be deceptive. Like Google Duplex, which we looked at earlier this year, in episode one. You know, I saw that in the preparatory notes for today's taping. And uh, as you know, I do think that that is important, although there's always the chance that too much regulation from Brussels might stifle European innovation. Could you read a bit from their initial communique? Certainly. It reads as follows. The European Union's proposed standards for AI systems, released in April, come perhaps the closest to taming decisioning algorithms run amok. If adopted, the rules would subject high-risk algorithms to strict safeguards and ban outright social scoring, child exploitation, and certain surveillance technologies. For example, algorithms used in recruitment, critical infrastructure, credit scoring, migration, and law enforcement. Companies breaching the framework would face fines of up to 6% of their global turnover, or 30 million euros, that's $36 million. Whichever is higher. May I add something? Of course, please do. I like the approach to AI being adopted in some parts of Europe. The article goes on to say the following. In September, Amsterdam and Helsinki launched algorithm registries to bring transparency to public deployments of AI. Each algorithm in the registries lists datasets used to train a model, a description of how an algorithm is used, how humans use the prediction, and how algorithms were assessed for potential bias or risks. The registries also give citizens ways to give feedback on algorithms their local government uses. Well, there's a lot to explore in this final case. Conversational AIs in call centers, constant iterations of voice bots, and the draft legislation now drawn up to quell privacy fears. We do hope you'll bookmark the blog post for this episode for further information and study. Often, opportunity comes wrapped in a bit of yin and a bit of yen. <laughs> so true success, of course, lies in managing such innovation with wisdom. Until next time. Remember to check out our other flash briefings in the podcast section of our blog. Many of the episodes include very interesting chats with European innovators and entrepreneurs. Till then, goodbye from Spain. This flash briefing is brought to you by Barcelona Virtual, a European internet pioneer. To visit us, type the letter B together with virtual.com. 
That's bevirtual.com.